1: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.
2: Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today on 1629 SEN Hobart. Jack and Payne with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne.
3: Good morning and welcome to another big episode of Jack and Payne with me, Jack Revolt, and of course the Australian Test Cricket Captain, Tim Payne. Thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmania's real estate specialist, Payne. Coming in live from Hobart, mate, Uh, how are things down there? A bit of a wet and windy one yesterday
0: morning, Jack. Yeah, it certainly was. Yesterday was a bit a uh, bit rough and wild. Uh, hoping it clears up, but I think we're going to get more of the same today by the looks of things. So um, looks like we'll have a, a wintry TSL Grand Final week, which is, which is great. It'll That's... be uh, nice and cold up there in Lonnie.
3: Exactly, mate. It's a uh, big week in Tasmanian sport, obviously with the TSL Grand Final happening between the North Launceston Bombers who have dominated Tasmanian football for... Near on a decade now and of course the team that finished top of the ladder, the Launceston Blues, that we played at UTAS Stadium uh, at 2pm on Sunday, 16.29 SEN. If you want to have a, a listen to that, uh, we've got, of course got our man David Lithgow, he'll be making the call uh, and he'll be uh, charging there. He loves, loves the footy up the north end of the state and he's the voice of Tasmanian footy right here on SEN. Well, around the country, Paney, it's preliminary final week. Uh, big, big week, and, a, and we're very lucky that we're going to have a, a guest from the Melbourne Football Club, Troy Chaplin, on today to chat all things Melbourne. Uh, he's getting up nice and early over there in Perth, and he's going to tell us what it's like inside the Melbourne rooms, mate. Uh, what do you make of prelim final week?
0: Yeah looking forward to it mate, I'm looking forward to to Troy coming on this morning, I want to speak to him about uh, his first impressions of you firstly back in 2012 when he came to the Richmond Footy Club but yeah two big games obviously um, Melbourne, Geelong, Geelong coming off a really good win against the Giants uh, and the Bulldogs in that ripper against the Lions so looking forward to them going to Adelaide and and playing against, uh, sorry
3: they're in Perth aren't they? Uh, yeah, no, that game's being played in... That is in Adelaide. Uh, in Adelaide, yeah. No, Port Adelaide yeah. have got the home ground advantage. One of the... That'll be hard to beat again. That'll be very yeah, hard to beat The Bulldogs, be that
0: was an absolute belter of a game, wasn't it, against the Lions. So hopefully another couple of close ones and um, not sure who I want to win, to be honest, Jack, but looking forward to the two very, very good games.
3: Well, as always, we'll go into a little bit more depth and detail with those two preliminary finals in the AFL later in the show when David Lithgow uh, joins us Um for uh, for his footy rap, uh local and national as well. So, Paney, it's uh, it's my favourite week of football prelim final. Well, grand final week is my favourite week of football. But as a football lover, this week is just something that... I mean, you, you, you've got your two best games. Uh, you've got... Well, we've, we nearly have the top four sides there. Obviously, the dogs just got pipped in that last little... Uh, last few seconds of the 2021 uh, regular home and away season there and, and missed out on that spot to Brisbane. But... It is just the football purist weekend. We're going to sit back. We're going to see the best four sides go at it. And uh, I am really looking forward to, to what could be a couple of big, big games. From my own experience, though, Payne? Yep. Prelim finals. They, they are the hardest ones to win. It's, Are they the um, most
0: nerve-wracking for you?
3: It is It is the most nerve-wracking one to get in because once you get to the, the big dance and the, and the grand final, um, you've actually made it. You get to soak in the whole week of the yep. grand final parade and everything comes with open training sessions and having people come along and all the well wishes and the messages, but there is something really nerve-wracking about getting actually getting there and that, that is the prelim final. And Obviously, in 2017, 19 and 2020, we were able to make it through and have a successful uh, successful stints through those prelim finals but it is uh, 2018 was obviously the disappointing one and it's the one where you can be the best team for the whole year and, and let's be honest Melbourne probably have been the best team for the whole year but if they get it wrong on prelim all final week it's uh, I won't say it's all for nothing but yeah. it will leave a very sour taste in the in the mouth of, of the losers this Has to. weekend
0: Has to and I've, I've often thought about that because the AFL grand final itself is such an event and the week is such a build up it's I would imagine as an AFL player, just being a part of it. Obviously, you want to win the grand final. That's the ultimate goal. But to obviously to win it, you've got to be there, and to be a part of a um, you know the stuff around Melbourne all week, the parade, the build up. Particularly if you're a big Melbourne club like Melbourne are. Obviously, this week's going to be slightly different for them, which is which is unusual. Being over in Perth and the grand final being in Perth. But I've often thought when you get so close to something as big as an AFL grand final, that's got to be the most nerve wracking of weeks trying to keep
3: keep everyone on, on track and on course to hopefully lift that Premiership Cup. Uh, it's, it's obviously going to be, I suppose, even doubled down a little bit. Most of our players are away in uh, in quarantine at the moment. So a lot of idle time to do a lot of thinking, Tim. Uh, another big thing that's happened in well Tasmanian sport, in Australian sport, Paney, is the fact that and we flagged this a couple of weeks ago. Um, like always, we're always ahead of the agenda and we've got our ears to the ground. Uh, and we've saw, we've seen what's happened over there in Afghanistan, unfortunately. And it's looking like the test match in Hobart isn't going to happen. It's extremely doubtful. Um, yeah. what are you, what's your thoughts? Cricket Australia have put out a statement yesterday. Um, it yep. doesn't look great, does it? No, it's not looking good.
0: I think, um, yeah, I think we're in a world of trouble. There's no doubt about that. But I think the reasoning around it is, is obviously fair enough. Um, there's probably two levels to it really, isn't there? There's the, there's the cricket aspect to it um, from an ICC point of view that, um, you know, to play in, to be a test cricket playing nation, you have to have a, an international women's team. Um, and obviously with, with what's going on over there at the Taliban at the moment, they're banning women from, from playing any sort of sports. So that, that obviously has implications at an ICC level. Um, and then secondly, as we said, from a, um, a female's point of view, a human rights point of view to exclude half of your population from, from being able to do something is, um, is not on and I don't think you know, we want to be associated with countries that um, you know are taking opportunities or, or things off, off hu- literally half of their population. So it's, it's sad from two points of view. It's sad that, that that's happening over there and people are having to live like it um, and from a, a cricket fan and a cricket person's point of view, Um, and a Tasmanian to have a test match most likely now called off um, is is very disappointing but um, as we'll speak to our Premier later on Jack, you and I have got a plan we want an Ashes
3: test You have a plan, I like hearing this I have a
0: plan and I'm going to share it with you later on but I think we can sneak the fourth test off Sydney get it to Belreve Oval uh, and that will probably, let's be honest be better than having the Afghanistan test here in the first place so we'd be happy with that we'll settle for that
3: just, just want to back over that. As Australian cricket captain, Test captain, um, you you support wholeheartedly what Cricket Australia have said here in terms of, the, like you said, there's the cricket side of it, but the human yeah. uh, human rights aspect of it is is certainly uh, more important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think they've, well, they're heading towards making the right call with with what's presented in front of them at the moment. Um, as they said in their statement, Cricket Australia and the ACA and all players in Australia are hugely supportive of. Of female cricket and trying to grow the game and um, as I said that's first and foremost and then secondly just generally equality around the world and making sure that all people um, male or female have the same opportunities to, to chase their dreams whether that's in sport business or, or whatever I think that's really important so we certainly stand with Cricket Australia and the ACA at the moment on their strong stance and as I said it's disappointing um, that we won't probably get a test match down here but we're yeah we're absolutely standing alongside them um, was where they've landed at the moment.
3: And on that point, uh, we've got Federal Sports Minister Richard Colbeck, Tasmania as well. He was on wait yep. yesterday and had this to say.
1: Well, we've made a very clear statement, as you've indicated overnight. We don't support excluding women from sport at any level. It's simply unacceptable. So we're really concerned about the reports that came out last night. Of course, we've also uh, urged the ICC and other global sporting authorities to take a stand against this, if in fact this is the case. So um, we'll be using our channels to confirm what's been reported in the media yesterday, but it's just not acceptable that women are excluded from sport.
3: There you go, there. That's uh, Federal Sports Minister Richard Colbeck on uh, Waitley yesterday here on 11:16 SEN in Victoria. Uh, it it could not be more clear that um, this isn't this isn't going to go ahead, Payne, yep. and uh, we have to start the search for a, another another test match to be had in Tasmania this we year. We
0: do. Do I tell you what's interesting, though, well, what I think's interesting is that at this stage, we've heard from Cricket Australia, we've heard from the Australian Government, we've heard from the Australian Cricketers Association, as yet we've heard nothing from the ICC, which I think's fascinating, really, given that there's a T20 World Cup in just over a month's time, um, and, and Afghanistan at the moment are obviously in that, so it be interesting to see what, what happens in that space. Does a team just get kicked out of the World Cup, or, I mean... Yeah, we've heard literally no comment from the ICC, so it'll be interesting to see where that lands. But I would imagine it's it's impossible if you know if teams are pulling out against playing against them, and governments are not letting them travel to our shores. Then how a, a team like that can be allowed to play in a, an ICC-sanctioned event is is going to be very very hard to see. If if
3: the this is sort of a question without notes, if if they are allowed to play in that T Twenty World Cup, can you foresee nations actually taking a stand and and not? playing yeah. against them as a, as, a, as a basically... I think a, so. Yeah, to, to yeah I think it'll be
0: something their... cool that will be discussed team by team. I know going years back, I'm not sure if you remember, but there was tours that went to Zimbabwe with a similar um, thing under the um, Mugabe regime, which was which was similar. Um, it didn't get to the stage where teams were pulling out, I think, but I know that teams was, were sending half-strength teams because key players in those teams refused to go to that country or refused to play against them. Uh, when they come and of course there was the famous, um, I think it was Henry Alonga who who was chased out of Zimbabwe after he went to a World Cup and protested against his government. So um, this it certainly happened, but to see them pulled out of a tournament or to have countries boycott it, um, I think will literally be something that
3: teams will discuss on the eve of that World Cup or, or the coming summer. Certainly watch this space here in international cricket. Well, as I mentioned off the top, Haney, we have got a massive show today with Collingwood Superstar and High Flyer and Tasmanian Dodgers boy. Jeremy Howe, will be chatting to Troy Chaplin, the assistant coach at the Melbourne Football Club. As always, we'll have David Flash Lithgow. But up next, the man that's in charge of all of us, Paney, Peter Gutwin, the Premier of Tasmania. This is Jack and Payne on SEN Hobart and right around the country on the SEN app.
2: Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On 1629 SEN Hobart, Jack and Paney with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne
3: welcome back to Jack and Paney thanks to Harrison agents Tasmania's real estate specialist well we've gone through our uh, well our list of uh, people that we can get on the show Paney um, and we're back to the back to the top again uh, and certainly at the top because we've got the premier Peter Gutwin, back on the show premier thanks for joining us again here on Jack and Paney well Jack um, great to have the opportunity to chat to you both again uh, Pete, you've uh, you've been a bit crook lately, mate. Do you want to give us a quick medical update on how, how you're feeling? We're uh, a bit worried there, but you did get the big shout-out from Toddy Hodgetts over at the Paralympics. It must have uh, must have made you feel uh, a lot better quicker.
4: Look, when I saw that, look, he is a fantastic bloke, and uh, I mustn't admit, I don't think I've spoken to um Todd for, it'll be five years, I would think, because uh, he's been based training outside of the state um, and just haven't had the opportunity to run into him, but... About a decade ago, I worked pretty closely with him and his dad uh, when he was uh, first getting started, and uh, he is just a sensational bloke. And uh, you know, if you ever, you know if you want to see passion personified, Tony Hodgetts is the bloke.
0: Certainly, he showed it in that interview, that's for sure. Now, Peter, the big talking point uh, the last few days, certainly in Tasmania, has been the situation with the Test match against Afghanistan. Looks pretty much unlikely to go ahead. Where is it at? From um, I suppose from your end, of, and what are your conversations? looking like um, going forward with that. Yeah, well, look, and um, I know painting, like it uh, you know, be
4: one of those disappointing moments for you, I think, if it doesn't uh, go yes. ahead. Um, you know, and to be able to play in Hobart as well um, in what would have been you know, the inaugural test, I think, isn't it? Um, uh, which would have been just sensational. But, okay. look, unfortunately, uh, I think we've all formed a view just in terms of what's been occurring in Afghanistan over um, the, the last month. Um, you know, and I like you know, many people were quite horrified as we saw the um, the exit from the ball and um, some of the scenes that occurred there. But you know, what I've done is I've spoken with uh, Cricket Australia. I've obviously had discussions with um, uh, Cricket Tasmania as well as um, our local uh, Hazara community as well. And uh, the view I've formed is, uh, you know, certainly under the current circumstances, I don't believe that the test uh, should go ahead. And in line. Light of um, statements yesterday, in which the Taliban have now banned uh, or appear to have banned women from uh, playing sport, uh, I just I, I think it would not be in our country's best interests to um, uh, to unfortunately at this time um, uh, welcome them here.
3: It certainly is. Uh, it, well, it's very disappointing. It's it's extremely disappointing that um, the stance that the, the Taliban have taken. It, it, I think Paney, Payne. like I know we're not going to get this test, and it's it's really disappointing. But, but you've you've been really strong with AFL football. You, you've you've pushed for the Tasmanian team. We pushed and got those two finals. Is is there a chance we could pinch one of these test matches, test, Ashes test matches, off Victoria or New South Wales states that find themselves in a in a precarious COVID position?
4: Well, look, that was certainly a point that I made in my meetings yesterday with representatives of um, Cricket Tasmania um, and Cricket Australia who were there as well. Uh, if this doesn't go ahead, then what, uh, what game can go ahead? And you know, I'd certainly like to advocate very strongly that um, you know, Tasmania has the opportunity uh, for a test uh, against another country should that opportunity arise. And, you know, look, we'll continue to press that. But, yeah, you know, again, this is in the hands of, um, you know, the ICC and um, and Cricket Australia. And Cricket Australia put out a very strong statement uh, today in terms of their concerns uh, regarding the Taliban's announcement yesterday. Uh, and so my expectation would be I don't think that the test will go ahead. And then, obviously, we can turn to, you know, what might be possible. What can we replace it with?
0: Well, Peter, I've got a bit of a plan. Jack and I touched on it a little bit earlier before the show started, but... The Sydney test is the fourth test of the Ashes. The fifth test is in Perth. And I find it very hard to believe that the, per- the Western Australian government are going to let us travel from Sydney to Perth for that fifth test. So I'm proposing we get the New Year's test, the fourth test from Sydney, and then we all fly straight to Perth. Can you can you work on that from your end? I'll start um, with my Cricket Australia context, and you do it from a government level. I think we can pull it off. Well, look, I think uh, you know with the AFL, we've had those...
4: Um COVID quarantine corridors, and that, uh, to me, Tasmania to Western Australia is probably the safest COVID quarantine corridor you could be in in it this, uh, this country. So, no, I'm uh, very happy, Paney, to, um, to uh, push uh, that conversation further with um, the backing of the Australian um, test captain. Let's it, do it. Fantastic.
3: We'll start it this morning. It's, uh, well, Premier, it is a, a big week in Tasmanian football with the TSL Grand Final, North Launceston versus Launceston, which... I believe you might be joining SEN Hobart up there uh, on Sunday. Who's your? Uh, have you followed the football in the statewide league? And if so, who's your tip? Look, it's it's an interesting one. I
4: must admit, I grew up um, playing for the East Launceston Football Club, which uh, whose arch enemy was the North Launceston Football Club. Uh, my son now plays for North Launceston in the juniors and the under-16s. And I must admit, it's taken me a couple of years to be... <laughs> feel comfortable even standing there um supporting him in that right about at the end of the
2: day um,
4: but I have to say um uh, North Launceston, um, I do have a soft spot for. Um they've been a very good um very good club over the years. Uh Launceston and is uh, you know, obviously a fantastic club as well and it'll, it's going to be a fantastic um town derby there's no two ways about that. Um and you know through the course of the year like Lancs are obviously um uh, very much the favourites and you know, North I think surprised themselves a couple of weeks ago when they got through the grand final uh, but it'll be on uh, on the weekend, on Sunday and um, I think it'll be a cracker of a match
0: Yeah it certainly will, I'll tell you where else we think it's going to be on obviously with the AFL uh, 19th licence up in the air and the President's meeting in March on the AFL team, what what do you as a, as a government need to do between now and then to, to get enough support so that we can get that licence approved down here in Tasmania?
4: Well, I'm very pleased that we got the outcome uh, from the AFL in terms of uh, Tasmania uh, being able to put its case now to the Presidents. And next year, in line with the uh, the outcome of the uh, Players' EBA and the financial arrangements for the clubs, which we expect to be completed in the first half of next year, that's the normal role uh, or the normal timing of matters. Um, you know, once that's completed, then uh, the question of Tasmania having its own licence will be put to the Presidents. Yeah, what's important now is that we work with the AFL in terms of the Carter report and obviously in large part uh, we need to convince the AFL Commission to back our bid uh, and to uh, take to the Presidents uh, a bid that uh, that is supported by the Commission itself. And so we'll engage um, on the other side of the AFL Grand final. with uh, Gil McLaughlin and his team um, work through the Carter Report ensure that we have the opportunity to work with the presidents as well over that period and I think what's important is to have the conversation with those presidents that uh, are reluctant to have Tasmania in the national competition and to understand fully what their concerns are because I think that um, yeah, you know, we can put a case that at the end of the day, will demonstrate that bringing Tasmania will be a, will be accretive in terms of um, the growth in the league uh, and the, and growth in the national game. And I think that all presidents, I would hope, would share uh, similar aspirations to what we have as a state, and that is that for the people that come through their football clubs, you know. Uh, presidents and clubs, um, you know, the aspirations that they have are obviously to win flags and to win games but the underlying aspiration uh, of a good club has to be to provide a pathway for the young men and women that arrive there to ensure that when they leave they can live better and more fulfilled lives and importantly, that's an aspiration that Tasmania has. You know, We want our young people to have pathways that will enable them to uh, live uh, better and more fulfilled lives and you know, one of the uh, things that's currently denied to young Tasmanians, men and women, is the opportunity to on the national stage for a national team. And so we'll engage with the Presidents, have those conversations, and um, hopefully we can assuage uh, their concerns and uh, that uh, next year the decision will be made and it'll be a positive one for the state.
3: Hey, you, you must have been absolutely thrilled with the fact that Tasmania were able to secure the two, um, two finals in that first week of the, the AFL final series. What are the conversations being post that? Do you think that was a, a really good stage to, to show the AFL and the AFL community that Tasmania can have these marquee events and can put the big showcase on and, and have their own AFL team and, and do it properly? I think it
4: was very important in that context. And yeah, you know, I'd have to say the conversations that I had with Gil in the lead up to that and the discussions and negotiations that we went through... Um, you know, he was very keen that Tasmania uh, had that op- opportunity to, um, to demonstrate its footballing wares to the, the broader nation and the op- opportunity um, to have uh, those finals played here. And could I just say, you know, I would hope that in my lifetime, and I'm certain it will happen in my lifetime, that there will be other finals games played here because I think we'll see a Tasmanian team playing finals games here against other teams in the, in the National League. But I don't think in my lifetime we will ever see two AFL grand finals back to back on the same weekend in Tasmania. Yeah, you know, that was just one out of the box uh, and it was fantastic. You know, I think the state uh, collectively um, demonstrated that um, you know, we can step up to the plate, but importantly I, I think it demonstrated a, a real pride in the state um, uh, in terms of what it could uh, and was able to do. So I, you know, I think it was a, an outstanding weekend.
3: Premier, thank you for joining us. It is a really important time in Tasmanian sport. And we've been lucky to have you join us again over, uh, well, for, we joined you, uh, you joined us a, a month and a half ago and you made things happen. We got a Tasmanian, we got the report on the Colin Carter report back, we got a date, uh, you pushed for a date, we didn't kick the can down the road for too long, we got those two AFL finals, and now we need you to do is get us an ashes test, which I know you can do. <laughs>
4: Well, uh, guys, thanks for um, setting the bar very high for me again this time round. Look, I'll do my best for Jack and Paney. Thanks very much. It's been a pleasure.
3: That, of course, with Premier Peter Gutwin here on SEN Hobart. You're listening to Jack and Paney.
2: Harrison Agents. To buy, sell, or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today on 1629 SEN Hobart. Jack and Paney with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne.
3: Welcome back to Jack and Payney. thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmania's real estate specialist. Well, Payney, I am very excited about the next guest we've got on because I'm looking forward to picking his brain. Uh, but a brain that might be, well, a little bit tired at the moment, just due to the fact that he's had he, uh, a little baby, him and his wife Carly have had a little baby. Xander, Jeremy Howe from the Collingwood Football Club, High Flyer and Tasmanian Footy. Great. How are you, Howie?
1: Good, thanks, lads. Thanks for having me.
3: Mate, welcome to the show. Uh, everything going well with the young fella? Yeah, it's um it's
1: actually been really good. So he's four weeks today, so um awesome. it's gone pretty quick, sleeping pretty well at night. Um yeah, you can have the occasional hairy one, but uh yeah, look now, it's been really good and uh, yeah, we're both pretty stoked with how it's gone so far.
0: Tell you what how you've timed it pretty well, mate, to be fair, with uh, this time <laughs> of year for you. That's well done. Great planning. But mate, just uh pick number thirty three way back in two thousand and ten from the Hobart Footy Club via Dodgers Ferry, obviously a very proud Tasmanian. What does your Tasmanian heritage um, mean to you? I know you, you've got uh, some relatives that have played a bit of sport in Tasmania as well.
5: Yeah.
1: Oh, I guess just because um, just sport in general is so massive in Tasmania. and it was throughout my family as well that I kind of just got bred into it anyway. of Footy was all through the family. My brother played, my old man played, was through his family. and um, I love the... I love the togetherness of it. Um, I wouldn't. I'd be lost without sport in general. Um, footy, I was probably the best at in terms of what I play, but I had to dabble at everything. I think that's good down in Tassie. Everyone kind of um, has a crack at most sports, and um, I was. I was certainly no stranger to that. Loved my my golf, tennis, footy, basketball. But um, yeah, kind of lucked out in the end when I got drafted in 2010. I was 20 years old, and um, yeah, pick 33. Josh Green was actually picked before
3: me. So there's um what was he.
1: That probably, under, that probably undersells myself, doesn't
3: it? <laughs> <laughs> well, Harry, pick 33 at 20 years of age. You'd always shown signs to being a, a very good player, but did you, well, did the search to play AFL football ever sort of wane on you and you think, oh, I'm going to be stuck playing, or I say stuck playing at Hobart, but going to be playing my, my football career in Tasmania? Or, or was it something you just clicked in and it really sort of, I mean, shot into to what you are today?
1: Well, to be honest, I, like I finished school in year 10, went straight into an apprenticeship. It's kind of what all the boys did back home. And I played local footy all the way through. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, I, I got drafted from Hobart, but I was my um, head coach at Dodgers Ferry pretty much gave me the boot out of the club when I was 19. He's like, if you're ever going to have a crack at it, you may as well go play TSL. And obviously the best, best senior footy in the state. And um, he had a contact up there in Lance Sporting, who was assistant at Hobart. So I was like, oh. Stuff may as well. Have a go. It was pretty hard leaving my mate, my mates because I suppose I was happy being comfortable, but I was always wanted to try and test myself and play a better in a better standard of footy. And you know, we we, we were terrible. <laughs> we, I think we won four games and lost about fifteen. But um, yeah, lucky enough that we we turned a game on against Glenorchy. I think it was when the recruiters were down looking at uh, Jay Bowden um, as they were most years. But um, yeah, I managed to play a pretty good game, and then their eyes kind of drifted towards me for the remainder of the season.
3: But obviously the, the big news at the moment is uh, for Collingwood is the uh, appointment of, of Craig McRae. Have you had much to do with, with Fly previously or have you had much to do with him since the appointment's been made? No, so I, I haven't, um, I have been lucky enough to
1: meet him throughout footy at all or have anything to do with him, but um, when, he, when he did get appointed, I, was, I actually spoke to him on the phone today for half an hour. He's doing the round to touch base with everyone on the list and a lot of staff, so he's a busy man, but um, from what I've been told, and my phone kind of blew up when he got the when he got the job, just with um, like an overwhelmingly positive response, and um, everyone's really excited. I've heard really good things, and you know, for the group that we've got, I feel like it's a, a great fit, and um, kind of just looking forward to getting to work again.
3: Well, make sure you ask him one small story that I, I can tell you is uh, he was uh, he's <laughs> life of the party at the Brisbane Lions uh, through those Premiership yeah, years, and very very tight <laughs> with Justin Lepich and. Craig McRae actually, boys, he invented a beep test one year for Mad Monday and uh, he went through and actually started this beer drinking beep test. It was after one of the premiership years, I think it was probably 2002, and then proceeded to record this sort of 12, 15 minute diatribe, just sledging every single player about their drinking ability. So (laughs) you've got yourselves a a really good one down there at Collingwood uh, and he's certainly going to be a lot of fun but obviously the, the changes happening at coaching level, um, list manager and all those off-field things, the the improvement for Collingwood in, in 2022, where, where can the Collingwood supporters see that coming from?
1: Yeah, well, I think we were lucky enough, um, not through injury, but I guess with how the season was panned and out, we were able to um, bleed a fair few youngsters throughout the throughout the season. And I think we had about eight deputants or something like that. And we got some some good games into some young guys. And, um I think you know they they give us a breath of fresh air. They provide plenty of energy, especially on field. And um, you know, our, clearly our um, development's got to come from the young guys. But we just need to get back to a you know a consistent brand. We kind of fluctuated. We had really strong performance, like you know, why we matched it with Melbourne, but then why couldn't we do it consistently? You know, there's a few factors to that. But um, yeah, look, we just want to get to work. I'm sure Fly's going to come with a you know his own spin on things and a different game plan, but. The group that we do have are hungry. They're willing to learn, and yeah, we kind of just lost our way throughout last year. But we feel like the list is still good enough to be able to get up there and compete. And I think that's what kind of makes everyone pretty excited.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, how are you, Captain uh, Scott Pendlebury, probably Coming towards the end of his career, it's fair to say, is the captaincy something that that interests you and something that you'd put your hand up for if the opportunity arose?
1: Yeah, look, it's I've obviously got the experience of just doing it for one game, the last game of the year, and it's something that I really enjoyed. Like I loved it. Um, I've never been captain of a team throughout my whole career. So it's something that would be pretty cool. Um, I feel like a leadership's probably somewhere where I've really developed strongly over the last few years and just kind of naturally um, relationships is massive for me and I feel like I've got a pretty good reach with the boys. But... Yeah. We've got a number of candidates at the club that were pretty willing to probably put their hands up in Dips' um, absence. But if you ask Pendles, I reckon he's got probably five more years in him.
0: <laughs> but, but where? He was shopping himself around a few weeks ago, so he might have to get himself ready to go. Send him back to
3: Dodgers. Well, that
1: is true. So who knows? It'll be, it'll be somewhere who's willing to give him 10 years on a big packet. So who knows? Went straight into the senior coaching role, if you don't want. <laughs> yeah,
0: true. <laughs> now, mate, while we've got you on um, as our high-flying specialist, no doubt yep. you've heard that Jack is in the running for Mark of the Year. Uh, he's up against Shay Bolton and Tim O'Brien. He's been talking about it for weeks. But <laughs> as our as our state expert hanger taker, uh, yep. we want to get your opinion on it. Who was the best? Um, and if Jack was to be robbed as he as he's called it, if he doesn't win it, how should he deal with that? Because you've been, as you said off air, robbed probably five or six times and only a one time yeah. winner. But give him we'll some advice in case involved. it doesn't go his way, please. <laughs> well.
1: I've, been, I've gone on air and said it before. I do think Jax is a clear, a clear outlier out of the three. The other two were pretty yeah. high and spectacular, but there's an element of Jax that you got back with a flight. It's mm. ridiculously courageous, and he gets a secondary boost. So it ticks all the boxes. Where the other guys, get they get really high. There's kind of you tick one box, and that's it. So if you got yeah. my vote, if I was voting on it, which doesn't really matter. You can vote on, on vote how it, Howie. you yeah. just got yeah, go to go to AFL.com. You've until 10 a.m., Howie. <laughs> Oh, right. Are they, are they actually voting it? Is that what happens? Because normally when the fans vote for it, they get it wrong.
0: So there's every chance for 30 <laughs> to not get it right. Well, I, I think there's a bit of Tasmanian bias going on. To be totally honest. Oh. Uh, if Jack doesn't win this, it'll prove it to me. I'm sure of it. To be uh, honest, it's been,
1: it's been the year of hangers, and they're all been pretty impressive. So if you win it this year, you'd be up there for one of the uh, one of the go
3: marks. Oh, there you go. Harry, I want I to ask you, what, what's your... Because you've always had this in your arsenal, the ability to go and take massive hangers. Were you were you one of the kids that in the in the uh, schoolyard that would always be going to the back of the pack and telling the kids to go up in front of you because you knew you were pretty good at taking hangers and you just wanted to set them <laughs> up as a stepladder. Well,
1: it was markings up, but every time I marked the ball, I just gave it to someone else to go up there and kick it because I just didn't want to go up the other end. Yeah. So it was. Um, but to be honest, like I actually never really practiced it, and I didn't really get. I wasn't able to do it until I was probably 17. And then playing senior footy for Dodgers, they played me on, on the wing and they said, just play a kick behind the ball. So you got free rides whenever you kind of really wanted. And once you <laughs> took a couple, you kind of just went with them and then it just naturally kept developing. So um, I don't think I practiced it any more than anyone else did. But yeah, it's just managed to, oh, sitting behind the ball probably definitely helps. You meant to play on someone as well. I still haven't managed to be able to
0: find them either. have <laughs> yeah, taken
3: a hanger on me before too, don't
0: worry. <laughs> I thought you'd like to Ooh, definitely yeah. practice that with the ruck bags. Don't you all get uh, up and... A little bit, little bit. Practice your all sort of now. spatial awareness?
1: Well, the, well, the coaches... The, all the coaches kind of... As soon as they ask for the bag to come out, they're, they're scarce. They, they take off and it's like, let's wrap up the end of training and then they won't really have a bar of it. So yeah. we used to have Anthony Rocker, who was great, because you couldn't move him. It's like sitting under a truck. <laughs>
3: but... Um, he left, and then no one's willing to get the bag out again. Damien Munkhorst actually does it at Hawthorne and doesn't wear a bag. He's about well, he's well, about <laughs> nearly three meters tall and looks like Andre the Giant. But the boys, because he trained, he was a coach at Richmond for a little bit, and he actually never wore a ruck bag. He just ran back and just copped him in the back and let the boys jump all over him could
0: potentially have a little bit of comfort around the outside, which would help as well. So he's a big man. <laughs> bit of cushion, big monk. Oh. Now, he out of Tasmania's highest flyers is probably you or Russell Robinson. Do you reckon you've got him covered? If you ask him, he actually lives around the corner and he
1: always introduces himself or introduces me to someone else. I'm the second best hangar taker. behind him. <laughs> That's how, he, that's how he introduces me to it. And the thing is, he's been serious. <laughs> I think he is. And he couldn't be anything further. It's daylight second.
3: <laughs> um, uh, well, yeah. we, we, we've got some... We've obviously, Disco Roach took that at famous mark against Hawthorne. Um, yourself, Richo. I'd, I'd put it up there. We, we arguably could be the... Um, oh, Royce Hart as well. Gosh, how could I forget Royce Hart? But we, we could yeah. be the greatest hanger taking state of all time. I want to take you forward, Howie. Um, tonight, uh, obviously, the, your old teammates will be going out to play in uh, well, a prelim final against the Cats. Do you, is there a soft yeah. spot still for the Dees? Uh, I know you've got a lot of relationships back there, but um, certainly yeah. it's big for their football club.
1: Oh, no doubt. It kind of keeps me engaged in the footy season because you know I've obviously got those relationships with a few of the boys that are there. Um, the thing, it stings not seeing Nathan Jones in the team, but Understanding what they kind of gone a little bit of a different direction, but yeah, I've still got still got great mates there. I'm really looking forward to the game. It's one of those like, I feel like kind of if they get this done, it's it's either theirs or Geelong. So that's where I look way I'm looking. But yeah, I'm, I'll be barracking for them. I'll be having a few beers and watching tomorrow night. Because um, yeah, it's kind of what's keeping me engaged with the footy at the moment for those guys.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks very much, How. It's been our pleasure to have you on, mate. Tasmania's. I'd say number one high flyer in such a huge week for 100% Jack. One hundred percent number one high year. flyer. We even... giving him number one. You <laughs> are. Make well, business
3: you wanna, cards
1: If you want to add our if you want to add our nominations together, Jack. I think we've got yep. the whole country well and truly
3: covered. So. <laughs> I'm thinking business card and Next time you see Russell Robinson, you actually hand it to him and says, "I'm the number. You are the number one flyer in Tasmanian <laughs> yeah, AFL history."
1: We've well, got your own. You've got your own uh, radio station now, boy. So the least you can do is probably sort one of
0: those
3: out. <laughs> yeah, we'll try our best,
0: mate. But again, thanks for coming well, on, mate. We appreciate your time. Um, no Jack's worries, having a big, big week and he appreciates your support coming on the show. <laughs> so thanks very much. Cheers, guys. Thanks. This is Jack and Payney on SEN Hobart. Big story uh, during the week that hasn't eventuated was the Lockie Neil trade situation. Massive talking point. He's clearly ended up staying. Uh, but do you think going forward we need to have a different attitude uh, with holding players two contracts, given the current environment around COVID. And, you know, obviously, Lucky Neil entered a long-term deal not knowing COVID was going to hit. Uh, hasn't been able to get home and see family or have support around him um, and his
3: wife, obviously, expecting a baby. So uh, things have
0: changed, Jack. Do you feel that we need to have a little bit more flexibility around contracts?
3: Yeah, no, certainly in the current environment, Pony, it's just the fact that, I mean, there's the support mechanisms that have been so easy to access in terms of it's a three-hour flight from... From uh from Melbourne to to Perth or even Brisbane to Perth, a five-hour flight. You just unfortunately in the current environment, with border closures and whatnot. We, we, you can't access those sort of things. So, in a pretty yeah. almost nearly the most vulnerable position you're ever going to find yourself in with the birth of um of a child, which um, the Neils are expecting very soon. That they of course they want their family support around them. So it, it's um it is a, a really great test case for for family comes first. And, and but yeah. there's just that the, the 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 fact that everyone jumped on this and all of a sudden there was a one tweet from a journo in in uh, Perth about this which look no no doubt that the conversations would have been had between um, the Neils and and people at home in terms of oh we're thinking about coming home and we're not sure yeah. and it'd be great to have the family around but it's just grown absolute legs didn't, didn't it? it and all of a sudden we've got basically he was out the door according to yeah. a, a lot of people but I mean I think
0: the, at, no, at no stage did he actually request the, sta- the trade he didn't even <laughs> he get to that stage
3: more time so
0: yeah
3: uh, a bit disappointing that, that it got to where it got to um, but I mean e- even then then there was the discussions about his contract that had been front-ended and that he yeah. was going to shaft the Brisbane <laughs> Lions because he was uh, getting less money this year than he had for the first three years but He's done a he's done an amazing job up there for the Brisbane Lions and I, and I was really glad as a as a person that likes to see a traditionalist that likes to see players see out their contracts um, that he that he's going to stay up there and I mean, we could find ourselves in this position again in, in a year's time with Lockie but um, yeah. a very important piece to the Brisbane Lions puzzle, puzzle sorry as they push to to that next premiership uh, under under Chris Fagan uh,
0: up next stick around we'll check in with the D's ahead of tonight's preliminary final against the Cats this is Jack and Paney on SEN Hobart.
2: Harrison Agents, to buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today on 1629 SEN Hobart. Jack and Payne with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne.
3: Welcome to another big hour of Jack and Payne with myself, Jack Revolt, and of course uh, Australian cricket captain Tim Payne. Thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmania's real estate specialist later this hour. Flash Lithgow will be back. To join us for a preview of all this weekend's footy finals, including the Tasmanian Statewide League Grand Final, which you'll hear right here on SEN Hobart on Sunday. But now we're heading into AFL land, we're heading to the Melbourne Football Club, an old sparring partner and friend of mine, uh, Melbourne assistant coach Troy Chaplin. Chappie is joining us from Perth, how are you Chappie? Good, Pop. How you going, mate? Mate, very good. Thank you for getting up nice and early on game day. We really do appreciate it, mate. The morning of a prelim final, uh, well, first things first, mate, what's the feeling of the group over there in Perth? No, it's it's pretty positive. We haven't been in this
5: situation for a couple of years, and I think if we look back to 18, we're a pretty young team, and we're riding a bit of a wave of momentum, and it's a little bit different this time around. We've, We've played some good footy, and Finish at the top of the ladder. So uh, there's, there's excitement, there's nerves, there's anxiety, all the things you'd expect to feel uh, leading into playing and probably what's going to be the hardest game of their lives in terms of trying to give themselves an opportunity. And You know all about it. You've been there and played in these games. And um, They're looking forward to it. There's been a couple of weeks between games and we're looking forward to a really good game. along with a good team. And, and We expect it to be a real solid hit out and a tough one right to the end.
0: Right, Chappy, before we dig too deep into the prelim, um, you obviously went to the Richmond Footy Club back in 2012 with a very young Jack Riewold. Uh We've yep. heard you refer to him there as the pup already. Uh, is there any any stories or any first impressions that you want to share with us on, on Jack back in 2012 when you first met him? Yeah, look, oh, pain, I, when I was at
5: Port Adelaide, I used to think he was a clown. I used to carry on and used to... It was all about Jack and I was right. So, <laughs> <laughs> nah, look, he, he, he's a lippin' fella and oh, I love him. He's a real good mate of mine and um, we've shared, shared some pretty good memories. Uh, one story I'll never forget is we're at the World Cup one, one year and uh, we're about to leave and just happened to run into the owners on the way out and <laughs> Pop thought it'd be a great idea. And ask, oh, can I get a photo with the uh, with the cup? And they are like, No worries. So was Pop holding the Melbourne Cup outside <laughs> waiting in the taxi line. I'm like, this is just ridiculous. But he's got <laughs> he's got some front on him and he he, uh, he provides us with some great stories and memories. So he's we have a tile not you man?
3: That was of course he, the Prince of Penzance won it with Michelle Payne on board. Darren Weir trainer actually signed it up to Darren Weir, I said Mate, get it out, let's go. I had to put the gloves on and everything. and had a photo with it, so uh, if you don't ask, you don't get. And, of course, Chappie, I was involved in one of your greatest moments. We've had, we've had Jeremy Howe on the show, Tasmanian High Flyer. You took a, a big hanger at Belle Reve Oval, uh, Blunston Arena now on me. Uh, well, I reckon that might have been 2006. Was, was that correct? Was, was it on me? Yeah, it was on you. It was against North Melbourne. We, we weren't going too well, and uh, I got slipped forward to try and help us hit the scoreboard. That's when you know you're not going any good.
5: As an individual and as a team, um, yeah, and I finally took one on you after all the years of you jumping on my shoulders as a, as a defender at Port. So uh, the most important thing was I went back and slotted the goal, but you can't find it. You have to dig deep to find that mark. Yeah, I'm got got currently searching for it as we speak. <laughs> I've been like since a few
3: times. Well, the modern day sport and Australian society at the moment, we see people. <laughs> spending time in quarantine. How's your group going in quarantine? I assume you're at the Up Resort, which is obviously a fantastic resort over there in Perth. A lot of idle time for players to think about the game and think about everything. How, how have they been passing the time?
5: Yeah, look, I think the hardest thing for them is that we've got a big fence up around the resort. And there's this unbelievable golf course just sitting idle, idling by on the outside and they're, they're wanting to play so bad. But, at the moment, um, we're just playing a lot of cards, a lot of board games. They've got a table, tennis table here and a, a little basketball ring. So, they're filling time. It's just, um, what we've been able to do is we've been able to use uh, HBF Arena, which is just around the corner and Jungle Up, uh, which is home to the Perth Demons. And we've we've been able to access it for a few hours a day and, and the boys have sort of got out of the resort, go down there, kick the footy, have a hit of golf down there. We've set up a couple of um, temporary holes and yeah, they're just finding of ways to, to entertain themselves. But um, now that we're, quite, we're on game day, the last few days i have really started honing in on what's
0: at hand. Yeah, Chabby, you touched on before as well. Back in two thousand eighteen, you felt the group was a bit younger, obviously um, less experienced. Can you, you touch on the improvement that's come since that from you know guys like Petraka, Brayshaw, Oliver? Um, Salem and and what they've done or, or, or what you guys have done as a coaching group to, you know, apart from getting gains in them to, to see them turn into the players that they are? Yeah, look I think 18, was we just I think we ended up finishing 8th uh,
5: I think it was at the end of the year and played Geelong who'd finished 5th and we, we'd won a couple of games late and, uh, being a younger group there was this real air of excitement returning to the finals and uh, yeah, as I said, we, we rode the wave of momentum for a little bit there, we beat Hawthorne the following week and then came over to, to Perth over to here and, and West Coast touched us right up and probably after the horse the game, we just, when we were on reflection we just looked really sore and our younger boys who we were relying on so much we just banged up and, and battered. whereas this time around they're a bit more mature, they're around the 100 game mark now when you start to uh, become a bit more of a consistent player and, and your team, has, because we've got so many guys who are around that mark they've played a lot of footy together, they understand one another and how each other work and I think just the maturity of the group I understand what it takes to play elite football at a, at a, at a really high standard and, and that growth has, has really held us in good stead along with some really good leadership from from Gorney. He's been super the past two years and really helping Goody drive the culture of the club.
3: Uh, football, obviously, at, this, at the pointy end of the year, Chappie um, has great stories and has unlucky stories as well. And the unlucky story of this week, obviously, is, is Joel Smith who's, uh, I think he might have hurt himself at training, uh, but My- Michael Hibbard comes into the side. What are you looking that he'll add to uh, to the Melbourne starting lineup?
5: Yeah, look, it's disappointing for Joel. His last few rounds have been really good, and he actually provided us with a little bit of flexibility in the way we use Lever and May. And um, it's disappointing for him. But every year there's a hard luck story, and it's unfortunately for him for the time being. But um, Hibbo gets his opportunity. He only went out in round 22, so it wasn't wasn't that long ago. We just wanted to have a look at a different look behind the ball. Uh, he wasn't playing too badly, but uh, he, he's been really desperate to get back in. and He gets rewarded. So for us, it's Hibbo just has to come in and execute his role. He doesn't have to go and try and win the game himself. We've of our messages all year. He's got a role to play within our system, and all we need to do is don't be a trademark player. And if you are, it'll hold us in good stead. So he'll play on the likes of Rowan danger if he's forward and we might have to use him at times on a camera and a little bit taller opponent just depending on how it's playing out.
0: You, your captain Maxie Gorn's had another huge year he looks like the type of player that you your type of captain that your players love playing for he looks like he's really galvanized that group can you give our listeners a bit of an insight into his leadership style? Yeah look I think the, the thing with Gordie is we, we know what sort of player he is but he's probably the last 12
5: to 18 months he started to grow into the captaincy he's very raw and still trying to feel it out and probably lent on um, some guys that have been in that air, in that role before in Nathan Jones Lyons, and just some help with Goody but I think Max's biggest strength is his relationships with his fellow teammates. He He's a bit of a larrikin, he loves having a laugh, he galvanises the group and he tries to organise things for the players to do together and, and when you've got that uh, respect as a player but also that relationship with his fellow teammates, you can really drive standards and hold one another accountable with stronger um, conversations. So, I think that's been his biggest growth and when you're the best player on the team there's that pressure to perform week in week out and he just loves that and he loves the. Uh, he's competitive and he loves to thrive on that pressure um, he's going to have another challenge tonight Reece Stanley probably got the better of him a couple of weeks ago in the first half and we're going to rely on Maxie a lot to get the game on our terms tonight
3: uh, a lot of Tasmanian listeners tuning in here, Chappie, they want to know, uh, talk about Ben Brown, he's obviously an addition to the football club, uh, Tasmanian who applied his trade at the Glenorchy Football Club, had a little bit of an interesting start to um, his well his career at Melbourne being injured um, and then all the contract debacle off, off the back of North Melbourne. How have you seen him fitting in and what do you expect for a player like him tonight? What's a, what's a pass mark for a Ben Brown when he comes out in a prelim final?
5: Oh, kicking eight goals would be nice, but I reckon that's a plus, <laughs> <happen. like> <laughs> I think. <laughs> but I think the, the thing with Brownie was he—he's obviously come off a um, injury-riddled year last year with Moore. We probably played him too early. He—he he, he wasn't quite right. We played him for a few games, and he was just his body wasn't really strong enough. And to his time he, he was out of the team for seven or eight weeks, and and really worked hard on his strength and got back into the team. And, Ever since then, he's actually straightened us up a lot. He, he reads cues really quickly. He can reset and get in behind defences. And The thing with tonight's game, I think for, for Benny, if you can hit the scoreboard, it's great. But for us, it's just creating a contest down there. You know, as a key forward, if you can create a contest and bring your smalls in, that's as good as marking the ball. So that's all we expect from Brown. And if he hits the scoreboard, it's a bonus. I think for him, Tommy McDonald, Luke Jackson, it's all about competing in the air and giving ourselves an opportunity ground level because it's, it's an area we think that... It uh, could be a real strength for us against the Geelong defensive
0: unit. Yeah, no doubt our Tasmanian listeners will be keen to see Big Brownie do well. Can you talk us through, Chappie? Obviously, you had last week off, uh, potentially win tonight, have another week off. How do you how do you manage the lads? How do you keep them in check? It's obviously an exciting time of year, um, and, and every game you're playing is such a, a big game. How do you sort of keep the boys level and, um, I suppose, not looking too far ahead?
5: Yeah, look, it's, it's a really good question because last week... Um, you can fall into the trap of this time of the year thinking, oh, we've got to just take it a little bit easier and make sure they get through training. But for us, it's making sure they still get a, a, a real good hit out. So last Friday, we had a little internal trial. It was only a half, and we did a lot of contact work just to make sure that the bodies were still hardened. Because when you miss a couple of weeks of footy, that that's the first thing that can go is your contest work, and it's one of our strengths. So we wanted to make sure that we continued that on. and if we get through, it's a, it's a position no team's been in before where there's been a buy before the grand final. So um, it'll probably be a similar thing. We, we do some form of contest work next Friday or even Saturday and, and build into the grand final. But the reality is, you've got to get there first. And that's why tonight's game is obviously really important for us. And we give ourselves every, every opportunity if we play the right way
3: one name, Troy, we haven't seen on the uh, on the on the team sheet for for a while now, and a champion of the football club is, is Nathan James. 300 games um, will be a hall of famer in the, at the Melbourne Football Club. Finds himself in a really interesting position at the moment because he's he's right on the cusp of being selected. Um, he's got his wife at home due with the twins. How far away is he from, from getting a game? Would it be one more injury and Nathan Jones is in or is he a couple of injuries away or or a, or a form slump two selections away from getting a game?
5: Yeah, that's probably right right where it is, Pop. Like he's probably one injury, he's probably that right now he's he's be the twenty fourth man. So he's just outside of that sub role. And if there was an injury to a, a specific player or to a guy through the midfield then he comes right into contention. I think that's that's the hardest thing for him right now, is it there's still that carrot there, but he's got such an important part of his life sitting at home right now um, with the impending birth of his t- of his twins. So it's it's a bloody hard situation for him, and I think we'll we'll wait to see what happens tonight to to get a bit of a clearer picture. But it that might result in him flying home just to be there with Jerry, um, or if there's an injury, he's going to commit to staying and, and hopefully playing in a grand final. So. It's a a tough one for him, but to his credit, his attitude's been fantastic. He hasn't complained, he hasn't whinged. Every time a good he's spoken to him around, his position within the team at the moment, he's just got straight back onto onto the the task at hand, and and that's getting around the guys in the team and and helping them and educating through his experience. So it's a tough one for him, and and one that we've got real empathy for because he's been a real stalwart of the club and, and we want to give him every opportunity, that's for sure.
3: Well, Chappie, we really do appreciate you joining us on the morning of a prelim and what is a big, big prelim. Uh, It'd be great if we were playing here at the MCG in front of 95,000 Melbourne supporters. They certainly deserve it. But unfortunately, over there in Perth in front of what is a sellout crowd already against a side that's been in the finals for a lot of years now, probably only missed two since 2004, that is the Geelong Football Club. 57 years, the premiership drought, Chappie. So, mate, we really do appreciate you jumping on board and thanks for joining us.
5: No, no worries at all, boys, any time.
3: And if you want to catch the Melbourne-Geelong game, it's live on the AFL Nation uh, on the SEN app. This is Jack and Payne on SEN Hobart. Up next, our man on
2: the ground, David Flash Lithgow. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today on 1629 SEN Hobart. Jack and Payne with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne.
3: Well, it's that time of the week. It's time for David Flash Lithgo to join us. Flash, welcome to the show. How are you, mate?
6: Hi, Jack. How are you, Tim? Finals
3: very, footy
0: times here, mate. Very well. Well, before we get to that, day, Flash, you return to the basketball court last night, Jack. I'm Ooh, not sure if you know. yes. Flash was uh, rolled out for the, local team Dad's Bods. The, which he, the obviously, Tasmanian obviously. LeBron, you said. A, yeah, he didn't need a uniform to fit in with that. But <laughs> I've got the stats. One from five from the field. Three points in a full game of basketball, if you can believe, and apparently seven assists. So uh, he should be fresh, and we're looking forward to his input in this show. I'm certain
6: nobody gives any continental about <laughs> that. Can we, can we, like, have look, you got footage? What will say is this. Have is we got there, footage? I, Flash, have pardon, we got footage? Is there footage? I've got or, footage. I covered the court okay with the young blokes, which was pleasing, but goodness me, I pulled up a wreck.
3: Have you? Lorna James, I did it. they get a run? No. <laughs> well, that's probably why you pulled no. up so much. Good mate. fun. Yeah. Focus on your recovery, son.
6: Well, my focus is clearly the the teams that we looked at last night. Some big moves, Jack wasn't there with the ins and outs. And
3: well, I think we've got Paine to together. read them out. Painey, I've got him. The got him right
6: in front of me. Oh, oh, Melbourne away. Geelong,
0: Melbourne and Geelong. The first final, I've got Michael Hibbert in, uh, going out of the side is Joel Smith with the hamstring injury, and James Jordan, who was the medy sub, um, coming in as well, will be one of Jones. Chandler, Melksham, or Jordan himself as the Medi-sub. And for the Cats, uh, out go Brendan Parfit with a hamstring. Zach Guthrie, who was the sub last week, stays in the side. And one of Dalhouse
3: Simpson, Higgins, or Fort will be the Medi-sub. Flash, Jack, who wins it well, You don't think it'd be Darcy Forty. A ruck, Flash is named as a a sub, and we know that, uh, well, for Melbourne... Nathan Jones probably won't get a gig. Um, would you get touch on that? We talked about it during the week, and I, no, I haven't
6: bought into any of the scuttlebutt on social media that Nathan Jones might actually have a role to play still in this season. You, you don't agree with me, do you? No, nah, You, you nah, can see.
3: And we heard Cheryl Chaplin talk about it. I, I think Nathan Jones is the perfect sub. So, uh, at the moment, uh, there's no second league t- competition going on. So, um, not a lot of players, well, no players are getting any time in the middle unless they're playing AFL football. Why wouldn't you go to the most experienced bloke and go you've done it 300 times, 300 plus times, let's stick him in. We know he's going to be there if there is that other injury. He won't be the sub this week. I'd probably assume that James Jordan will be the Medi sub. Well, um, that's
6: the thing. isn't it? Surely with Jordan's year as he's played he, he serves a more valuable purpose on the ground regardless. I mean, Jordan's kicked a few goals. He's played defensive forward roles this year, etc. I mean, I just guess I haven't seen anything from Nathan Jones when he played those few games of the year that didn't suggest that perhaps he's on the way out. I mean, wonderful stalwart. I will know the stories there, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, the big news there, of course, with the Cats is like how do they how do they stop Gorn, um from that centre mm. stuff that they that they do? Because I mean, he, he's so dominant. Um, the query with the Cats ruck division, as you mentioned, about Fort named in the the big squad, but. Gosh, they, they look dominant. Oh, I, I just can't see a way where the Cats can really play are, a are they, role in this game. Are they I'll... too
3: slow, the Cats flash? Like, so half it yeah. goes out, and he's obviously inside mid, but has that legs? speed. But you think of danger Dangerfield, still fairly strong. Selwood's not as quick as what he used to be. Duncan's not a, a speed player, but still a great player. Yeah. I'm, I'm really interested that... Narkel hasn't been named. I, I think he would have been a like-for-like a, a like replacement for Parfitt. Uh, he's played good footy. He's really quick. Um, it's an interesting omission and not a selection for mine.
6: Yeah, it speed's the problem tip with them, isn't it? And, yep. and that's been the query for a couple of years. All legs are into the one basket here for the Cattery. Can they get that flag with that veteran list? The thing with it is, you look at the Demons, and we've talked about it all year. They've got the guys twenty-four, twenty-five. The Petrarchas, the Olivers, the Brayshaws, and they're absolutely in their peak. And and you know what that's like, Jack, at at your footy club the last five years. In terms of getting that age demographic right, you think the demons of the greatest certain in the world. However, it's been a long time, and and we know the Cats are are body-hardened, and they'll certainly be prepared and confident. But... The Ds for maybe like 32
3: points. So who are the tips? You got the Ds for 32 points. Flash, I'm going to go the Ds as well. I think they all might do a number on the Cats. It might be 40-plus might be for mine. Tim? Mm.
0: Oh, Just to be different, I'm going to go with the Cats. Whoa. You don't, don't, I don't actually out. have a reason. He like the Cats. No, I'm, oh, going, I'm
3: going for the Ds. I'm going for the Ds. Okay. Yeah, I'm going, I'm the going D's. with
0: the Cats. It's been so long for the Demons, they haven't been on this big of a stage. And I'm sensing that I just can't see it until I actually see it, Jack. I need to see him perform you're, in a big, a no, big final. A and this is as big as it gets. You're a
3: non-believer. The next game, boys, Port Adelaide versus Bulldogs. Payne, you got the teams? I do, mate. Uh, Port Adelaide, effectively no changes. Powell Pepper, who was
0: last week's sub, at the moment goes out. But obviously, they'll be replacing him with one of Mays, Lineart or Clurie, And, of course, Powell Pepper himself still in the mix. Uh, the Dogs, bigger news. Steph Martin comes in. Zane Cordy comes in, uh, Young omitted, Keith with a hamstring, Waitman with that concussion, uh, and the Medi-Sub will be one of. Scott, Young, Wallace, and Ed Richards. pelly has been named, uh, and Johannesson retains his spot. Some big talking news there. Big talking, talking points. Talking
3: points there. Yeah, talking points there. Alex Keith is... You look over that, and you think Alex Keith, he's sort of been that, That well, he's the the, the bear in the square... He takes the big key forwards. Charlie Dixon looms as a a tantalising matchup for for Port Adelaide, doesn't he? Flash, he does. And Charlie's an interesting one, isn't he? I reckon a lot of people still question um,
6: how good a player he actually is. What about Ryan Gardner, the young Tasmanian, the former cat, too? And suddenly he's thrust into the limelight. Does he get the job on Charlie, etc.? Look, I just think the dogs are, are coming at the right time. Wow. Um, I know Trelaw was quiet last week. Um, Dunkley's been quiet but, uh, too. Dunkley was quiet, of course, but they've both been back in the system the last two or three weeks. Uh, I just think they're coming again at the right time. We know their last month was poor, but they did have some injuries. That poor team is so settled, isn't it? You know, And what a mix it is of the youth and their draftees from a couple of years ago, of course. We're talking about Dersmer and, and Butters, etc., and the experience of top-end Robbie Gray and... and what ollie year Wines has had, and Travis spoke, just keeps rolling. it. They certainly go as clear favourites, Tim, um, but I've i just got a feeling the Dogs might feel really, really
0: confident. Yeah, no doubt they've been playing good footy. I'll ask you, though, Jack, Steph Martin.
3: Mm, so is that isn't
0: too bold a selection in a clearly a must-win final? Where do you sit on going in with guys who are slightly underdone in, in huge games like this?
3: Well... Luke Beveridge is on record in, in recent weeks saying that it's basically Steph Martin due to the fact that he hasn't played at all he's a break glass in case of emergency he's the 36 year old ruckman that they've all of a sudden thrown to in in what I won't say time of crisis but it's a time of need really so yeah <sighs> Yeah, it, it's, it is a bold, bold selection. Um, he,
6: and, you know, Young was good in that
3: first game. We, we called he was game poor last weeks, week, but he was good two weeks ago, he wasn't was he?
6: A, he? was a bit quiet last week. It's yeah. a gutsy move. I mean, you've got to have it because... Scotty Lysette's
0: a different beast, though, isn't well, he? Well,
6: he's, he, he's just going to ruck for the vast majority, and you've got to have English playing a, a substantial roll-up forward. That's what they've liked to do. They've shown their cards a bit of recent times, and fascinating duel really is that one. the Ruck it's going to be crucial the midfields from both teams are absolutely elite
3: aren't they can you take injured players into finals big finals well, I lived through this in 2018 with Dustin Martin injured with the Corky and really struggled to play well in that preliminary final and of course we lost that game Jimmy against Bartell Collingwood. Jimmy Bartell bontempelli has been named we know he saw sore you have to play him but, yep. but but gosh it's a risk isn't it can, can he can he just camp deep for a lot Maybe. of the game Did you, Maybe, Yep. I don't mind. I don't mind that as a play to stick him at full forward. Um, the bonds yeah.
0: a different. kettle of fish, though, isn't he? He has been playing at least. Yeah. Albeit clearly potentially underdone. Yeah, but but... The
3: knee injury last week—it's just—he's uh, been an injury cloud uh, yeah. now for, the, for obviously for this week. has been. We think he's had something previously to this as well, but I don't mind the idea. Flash of just sticking him at full forward and saying, yep. "Go out and kick six for us, Marcus, and play your captain's role down there. Win your prunely about
6: I've loved Norton's couple of finals. I reckon he's been outstanding. Um, I've got a feeling he might also grab it by the by the bit and have a terrific preliminary final. We talk about his high flying and, um, and his set shot for goals a little bit shaky at times. Gosh, he's leading up like an old-fashioned full forward and hitting the pack with some real pace. I love the dogs this week.
3: Yeah, okay. So who are you going for, boys? I've got... Uh, I, I I can't look past play to especially at home. I think they're going to... Break that hoodoo. They've been around the mark for a few years now, and, um, yeah, I've got Port Adelaide winning 20, 30 points for mine.
0: Yeah, same. I'm going with Port at home. Um, Alex Keith, big out, and I'm a bit worried about some of the dogs' health. Um, Pelly, uh, Steph Martin underdone. I think the power are going too well.
6: No, we're going to have a Melbourne Western Bulldogs grand final, ladies and gentlemen. And we're going to have a couple of Tasmanians involved. Ben Brown will be playing and Ryan Gardner will be playing. They might even play, play on each other if that's the case, of course. And It's it's a terrific weekend. I can't wait for the footy.
2: Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today on 1629 SEN Hobart. Jack and Paney with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne.
3: Welcome back to Jack and Payney, right here on SEN Hobart and of course those two massive games in the AFL in Friday night and Saturday night but it is a big weekend in sport in TSL football. Flash, we've got the TSL grand final this week and it is live on SEN Hobart this Sunday. Are you making the trip up there to make the call?
6: I uh, certainly am, Jack and very excited about it too, the local derby. And of course, we saw Lonnie play North Launceston last year and, uh, in tough conditions, a little bit like what we've seen in Tassie yesterday where it's wet and very windy. And, of course, they, they got over the line in what was a bit of an upset. Um, but things have been flipped on their head a little bit this year, haven't they? I mean, if you'd asked me, Jack, a month ago, when we've been talking about it, you wouldn't have thought that North Lonnie were a chance. And, and here they are and they in what looks a 50-50 game. Launceston... Tim, you watched a lot of that game yep, last week. They I were did. reasonably impressive. But, of course, that Cody Thorpe, he's the, that's a big one because, Jack, he's so important with his structure up forward. But, of course, he gives going a chop out in the ruck as well. And that's an interesting one. And then on the back of that, does his older brother Mitch, the coach, does he come in and play? That's he's only played lovely. three or four games this year. Um, so that's fascinating. But looking forward, the call team is going to be good, Jack. Brett and former... Alice Lynch, medalist of course, Tassie captain and coach at various stages, has joined us for the call with Brent Costello. Looking forward to it; should be exciting.
3: Are you uh, a bit flat flash that you've uh, gone from calling AFL finals and all of a sudden you back yourself, find yourself back in the local leagues? Is, uh, was Excuse it, me. Did it ever I, get to the point where demotion. It was mo- maybe yeah, demotion? Demotion? you through past already this?
6: No, absolutely not. I'm very much looking forward to it. I've called several TSL grand finals over the last uh, ten or eleven years, and they've always been very enjoyable. And I don't expect anything. Different this time. North Launceston going for their sixth flag in eight years, which I find Tim quite remarkable. Really, it's a it's been a wonderful, almost decade period for them.
0: It has been. We touched on it last week, didn't we? They've they've done things right for a long time, North Launceston. And as you said, to go eight consecutive grand finals and to be going for your sixth flag in eight years is is a special achievement in any any competition at any level. But um, as we touched on, I think they're going to have their work cut out. Launceston also going for a bit of history. I think first time in there. TSL career anyway, that they'll be going for back-to-back premierships?
6: Yeah, they certainly got one in when it was became defunct state league, didn't yep. they? They got a couple in a row. First back-to-back. They I don't three. think they've got
0: two in a row, though, have they?
6: Yeah, no, they certainly did. Did they? they? Yes, they did. But up. not in the state league, certainly, Perfect. level, which they haven't done so. But, you know, they're, so they're going for back-to-back. And we talked about six and eight for North Launceston. But it's been a terrific period, Jack, just, just recapping what they've done. In 2013, they finished eighth. Uh, but they always had those junior teams that were very successful in the early 2010s, if you like, and they managed to sustain it. I find it quite remarkable that this year, for example, they lost 10 or 12 senior players again. They yeah. had na- 19 debutantes, and they've managed to do it again. Um, of course, they bit Lauderdale for, in the treble, didn't they? 17, 18, 19, bit Lauderdale every year. And previous to that, Glocky upset them in 2016, but... They beat the Western, the old Western Storm, which was on the back of South Launceston and Galaki in 1415. Quite remarkable. And listen, Jack, I want I want to talk about this actually. I I've just done a bit of history. And, well, the Clarence era, of course, Jack, and that started back in 93. And I'm also looking at that era for a bit before your time, 93 through to t- 2000, when they won five flags, of course. So uh, in the State, era,
3: statewide, statewide as well. Statewide,
6: that's right. So the statewide league went right through to. 2000, Then it became the SFL. For example, you won your flag 2006 in the SFL. So perhaps that's got an asterisk if you look (laughs) a little bit closer. But in seriousness, it was a terrific era then. Of course, Clarence won more flags. But a little bit of history for the people at home. Of course, Newtown in the old TFA, was TFA I think back in the day, they won six flags between 48 and 56. Uh, north Hobart won six flags between 38 and 45. And Sandy Bay, of course, a great team in the 70s, won five flags. And then from the north, Scottsdale and the North Lonnie teams from the 70s and 80s, very strong. But my, my, what was the better era, those great Clarence teams or the great North Lonnie teams? I'd like to ask the people because I've camped a lot of Clarence people, Tim, that you will know. And they're <laughs> absolutely filthy every time I bring this yep. subject up.
0: Uh, I'm going to say the Clarence one based on the fact that I think TFL footy back then was of a higher standard. However, I will say that this is year eight for North London. It is. If they end up with eight out of ten, let's say, which is a possibility the way they're going, the way they keep producing players, then they could potentially overtake it. But I have got McLaren's jumper on underneath.
6: Well, and Jack, of course, back in that era, Bernie was strong at different times, weren't they? And, and Devon was in, the, was in the tournament. But... Um, it's an interesting one. They're building something here. And the beauty about North Lonnie, and Lonnie in particular, they've just been able to keep the mature players. And I think that's where the, the Clarences, the North Hobarts, etc. would really yeah. like to get to. Galonky, which are rebuilding now, for example. Kingborough doing a bit the same. But can you keep the, the mature 25-, 26-, 27-year-olds or they go off to play at some Virgil's IHA, for wow. example? And, that,
0: and that's the challenge. Bit hard when there's open checkbook back there, Flash. <laughs> <laughs> certainly uh, not At the shipyard,
6: of course. Well done to the mighty ships winning yeah, back-to-back no, Very, game. very good. Really Our good. man
3: Speedy Standing—he kicked a couple of crucial he, goals, didn't he? He kicked just the one, but it was outstanding. He That's had one fair. of those games where he was in everything. And played a role. Just played played it, a good brought it brought it to role. ground Sacrifice like a good fight. sort of key forward, and though he's undersized, Flash. So, so who we think is going to going to win, boys? Is it? North Launceston, who have uh, will surprise us all to make the grand final in terms of beating Launceston to go straight through, or will it be Launceston the team that is looking for back-to-back? I'm going to go with North, I think, grand final experience, and I think they need to avenge the loss from last year.
0: I'm going to go with Launceston. I think they've been the best team all year, uh, and I think their best footy will get it done uh, just. I think it'll be a close one.
6: I'll go through the tapes, but I think I'd tip Launceston to beat North Launceston by about 40 points. Uh, in the second semi so this sounds absolutely ludicrous but on the flavour of what we've been talking about this great era I'm going to go with the kids at North London
0: Was that at Windsor Park or was that at UTAS? So is at Utah, it was at Windsor Park. Yep. yes. How do, you how do we, we feel? What do we no, think I'm not of, happy with I that. I thought it would chill. Go for it. I watched it on the live feed this week. I thought it would be good. It, it's the number one game, the only game of TSL footy yes. getting played this weekend, and it looked like it had 25 kid sand pits all hits. over the ground. I thought it yeah, was thought a long was jump competition.
3: Jumping in the long jump I thought not. it was substandard. It looked
0: poor. And in the one game of TSL footy that was getting played this week, when two kilometres down the road you have a world class venue, I thought it was. So it have to have to nothing to
6: do with your thought maybe that Clarence, your beloved Clarence will be a better chance of winning Utah. Has nothing no, to do with that of course. Not at all. Okay. No,
0: just as a as a spectator watching that game, I thought it, it took away from what should have been its one of its best games to watch.
6: Well it was comprehensive and that's what we know. And it, by the way, can we just touch on Cox Good Years yes. year as well? Won yeah. the medal for the second, second time. time. What what a player he's been um at sixteen seventeen he was he was sort of touted never went that way and lost his way a bit at 18 19 20 but tremendous player and well done to him and i guess it's going to be him and um walsh and donnelly the experience against the blackberries and maybe mitch thought music or etc um cannot wait for the contest looks a beauty
3: well boys i'm interested to hear your thoughts on international cricket and local cricket at the moment uh the england and india series rolling on and the ramifications that that may have for the ashes
0: yeah, well, India have certainly been in impressive, there's no doubt about that. I think what they've been able to do in the last four or five years is is get together a real battery of pace bowlers, which is unusual for India. They come normally with a with a heap of spin options, but um, they've got a terrific fast bowling core that have now come to Australia and won twice. Uh, they're now on the cusp of winning a series in England, so uh, they've been super impressive. Um, you know, it's really obvious that India are a hugely talented cricket side, but I think what they've Probably lacked in the past is is real discipline, um, that real team-first approach. Um, they've always had superstar players, but now at the moment it seems like they've still got. If you're at Coley's, you, you Jasper Palmer is world world-class players, um, but everyone else in that team is playing their role and um, and executing it superbly at the moment. They're probably the best team in the world right now.
6: And and don't forget they were 240, yep. so they're not for hundred, 240 and absolutely yes. flying. Yadav and Boomer have been outstanding. Boomer yep. is a remarkable cricketer, and he and on day one in the first session he's just good, and he's good on day yeah. five in the third session. He bought twenty-two or three overs the other day, two for twenty-seven. They yep. just it couldn't hit him off the square.
0: No, and he is he's he is extraordinary oh. because he's so different. His his action is different. He's hard to pick up. He's wide of the crease. Uh, his unusual action just throws you out of whack a little bit and you can see guys struggling with that but we had we've had him twice here now in Australia and and both times you always talk about fast bowlers trying to bring them back bring him back make him bowl more overs see how he's bowling at six o'clock on day two the extraordinary thing with Jasper at the moment is he just keeps coming he doesn't slow down he doesn't wane in accuracy he just keeps on coming he's at the moment right on par I think with Paddy Cummins as the best bowler in the world but in terms of Ashes, Jack, what's going to be interesting in in the last test is what do they do with their fast bowler, in particular Jimmy Anderson, who's now nearing on 40. Uh, Do they play him in a fourth test or do they rest him in a series decider so he doesn't get injured or potentially get injured and and have him come here fresh?
6: Come on. Surely they're not resting him in a series decider. Surely.
0: I think they could. He's 40 years old. He's old. i tell you what, the
6: fan one, Hamid, watching his cricket, isn't he stable at the top of the order?
0: He is. Uh, I know you're a big fan of him. Mm. Um, yeah, he certainly scored a lot of runs domestically, uh, knows his game mature, really well. Is he? he certainly is. Um, yeah, he's certainly mature think, beyond oh, his I age. Think. He knows his game, he knows where he scores, and he's extremely patient sticking to it. So he hasn't quite gone on, has he, yet and scored the big 100, but you can see that he's going to be a player for England that's going to score a lot of runs. I
6: sense you've already. Found a couple of chinks there by the look of your face. I know you pretty well.
0: Yeah, not chinks, but I mean everyone, every batsman, whether it's club level or international level, has got a weakness. You've got to find it. That's one thing. You've then got to execute, um, execute the plan to him, and that's another. And he's obviously going to be trying to combat that in, in ways that he can. But um, certainly coming to Australia for an English batsman is, is sometimes as hard as it is for us to go to England and cope with the swinging ball. They now come to Australia and have to have to cope with extra bounce balls that they're used to bouncing around their thighs and all now around their uh, chest area um, and that can be very very difficult to 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 get used to and it takes time
6: Just to finish on that with that the series but you know Burns and Hamid at the top of Milan and Roots and Besto Butler they, they look a little bit more stable than yeah. I thought maybe they were going six months ago. Is that a fair?
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, I think they've gone back to a few guys like Bearstow. I mean, yep. Bearstow kept last test. Uh, Josh Butler missed the test because he was having a baby. So he comes back in this test match, um, I'd imagine, at the expense of Bearstow or Ollie Pope will slide out of the side. But he got 80 in the first innings. So uh, again, he's another young batter who comes to Australia. We'll be certainly
3: looking forward to testing him out and see how he goes on the back foot. But extremely talented player. And Flash on the local scene, uh, big signing for the Hurricanes or re signing for the Hurricanes?
6: Well, our news, of course, last week with James Faulkner, which went
3: viral right around the world. Really? Wowee. Um,
6: fascinating. But good news from a Hurricanes perspective with, with Benny McDermott signing for a couple, Matthew Wade for three. Yep. There's two of your top three, four, rock solid. Uh, there's, that's that's predictable, isn't it? Nothing to...
0: It is, yeah. yeah. yeah to that Nathan Ellis as well, so you're starting to put together... Our boy, ...probably Nathan three Ellis. of your key pieces. Another Jack and Paney guest, uh, he's had a, an excellent 12 months we I think him. all three of them have re-signed till the end of 2024 yeah. so again you're getting your, your core pieces together, Matthew Wade is probably alongside Darcy Short our best and most important player, uh, missing him last year you could tell really made a difference so having him potentially available for the full tournament, Ben McDermott keeps getting better and better and Nathan Ellis as we've seen is um, a real key to their taking wickets through the middle and at the end which can slow your run rates right down so oh. yeah they are three massive signings for the hurricanes i love how
3: flash did you just pick that up he said hour he's talking about hour he's hour uh, well hurricanes. it's funny our 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 just you just beat me
6: to it. you're completely ruled out for playing this year i guess with the yes. ashes at me yes yeah you just can't really fit
0: in no no i haven't got time to play big bash this year unfortunately There's no money. Yeah. You have, have you played your last game for the hurricanes just get your uh, right i would this like down to Jack. think not I oh, think, okay. regardless of when my international career ends, I have intentions of playing on. Okay. So
6: two things, two things, Jackie Madari. I've got here is that his football career
0: is not done. <laughs> is no, it. we can put a line through that. <laughs> That's done. That's done, and I'll tell you when that got done, Jack. Xavier Doherty playing social soccer on a Sunday Did required a cereal? full knee Did reconstruction, you? and I said to my wife, oh. seeing Doherty on on uh, crutches, that was it for my footy career. It's ruined his
6: last few months. It has.
3: Well, Flash, thanks for joining us again, giving us all things AFL and all things local football, and then obviously uh, just getting a few little nuggets of gold out of Tim Payne there. The captain's run is next with Kane Corns. The uh, Volcano is up next on uh, 1300 736 if you want to get involved. This has been Jack and Payne on SEN Hobart. We'll catch you next time.